You're here listening to the Claudia Varus podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Varus, your breakthrough coach. I'm a former high-performing corporate manager and tech turned professionally certified coach and business owner. This podcast is all about a real, raw, unsketched and fun perspective on all things related to our human experience. It's a space for us to slow down and talk deep. We cover real and raw stories alongside with practical key takeaways and tips on how to break through in your life. The intent is for you to start thinking differently, critically, for yourself, and with that, take aligned action for no one else but yourself. My mission is to cultivate more empathy in this world to inspire positive change. And to do that, we have to start with ourselves first and learn how to cultivate empathy towards ourselves. That is why you are part of this mission. It's only through these kind of conversations that we inspire others to take aligned action and start to think differently too. So your task is to go and share this episode with or any one or two learnings and insights with two friends and tell them to share with two more friends. And let's create a positive ripple effect together. Beautiful listeners, we're having a very, very cool guest today on the Claudia Varas podcast. And this beautiful guest is Jill Howell. Jill is an emotional health coach and somatic trauma recovery practitioner who focuses a lot on nervous system healing through in, through different integrative embodied practices that incorporate the mind and body. We're going to dive deeper into what that exactly means in a second. But first of all, Jill, hello and welcome here to this conversation. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm literally really so excited because uh, as many of you listening know, I'm incorporating a lot as well, like emotional health and nervous system regulation into the work that I do, into the coaching that I do. And so I'm actually really excited to have Jill as a part of this conversation because I'll get to learn as well from Jill on how she's she's. Uh, talking or how you are talking actually Jill about you know this work why it's important and basically just share your expertise with with me and also the listeners so I'm super excited for that yeah so, let's go let's go yes okay <laughs> so Jill, you say that you're an emotional health coach and somatic trauma recovery practitioner what mm -hmm. does that actually even mean <laughs> I know, right? That's a lot of words. It's kind of newer language. Um, somatic comes from the Greek word soma, which means body. Mm. So really a lot of what I'm doing with my clients comes from the body first. So I had gone through two decades of talk therapy, traditional cognitive mm. talk therapy, and it wasn't enough for me. And I discovered that somatic work and actually really honoring and respecting what my body was holding was the key mm. to my own healing journey. So everything that I do to help people work through anxiety, depression, and just feeling stuck in heavy emotion is all about really honoring and valuing the wisdom of our body first mm. and leaning into that wisdom and trusting that our body is holding so much on a cellular level and just so much of the stress that we feel, that tension we feel in our body is actually an emotional message that's stored there. And mm. so I help women specifically, I work with women to really release what's stuck in the body 
because they can't talk their way to a place of peace. Like we can only do that so far, but if we've had a lot of traumatic experiences, meaning things that felt too much, too fast, too overwhelming, things that happened where we didn't have the support to really move through those experiences, or maybe where we just felt simply alone in the midst of the mess. Those are the things that I'm helping women to work through and release from their body and without having to go so deep into this, uh, what do we want to call it? Maybe this uh, this hole into this dark yeah. of ickiness, going about it from a more gentler approach instead of just feeling like we're ripping off a Band-Aid and mm. jumping into the mess. It's like a slow, gentle, loving, compassionate way of healing and restoring inner peace on a deep level. Okay, wow, so many things already in here. And it's so <laughs> interesting to like, it's so interesting because you said you've done two decades of speech cognitive therapy, right? And that didn't bring you as far as actually tuning into the body and do the somatic work. You know, I remember when, when I was in a very difficult time three years ago with burnout, depression and anxiety and all of these uh, things uh, that were coming up. And I, I heard people tell me, like, you know, you got to tune into your body. You got to listen to your body. That advice back then actually didn't really encourage me. It actually stressed me more because I mm. was in that state that I was like, I resent my body. You know, I'm always yeah. sick when I'm on holidays, you know, like I always have stomach cramps, you know, I always feel I have weird stuff going on with my body. It's like, you know, and, and that's probably part of that, of that, um, getting out of, of, of how you view your body as well. Right. But it's just yeah. it's so interesting that when you're then in this moment or in this situation and you actually resent your body, that the key as you're saying now, actually to, to heal is to release and to tune into, into the body. And so mm -hmm. then I'm curious, Jill, from your experience and expertise, if there's anyone listening right now that feels similar, right? That they are, you know, they are reading all the develop self-development books. They're listening to all the podcasts. Uh, they do all the mindset work. They're even maybe working out regularly. They're eating well, but yet still, there's still a lot of tension, emotion uh, going on. And they might actually even resent their body as well. What would you say to, to this person listening? It makes sense. <laughs> That's the very first thing I would say is it makes sense to resent your body. It makes sense to feel disconnected and mm. to mistrust the body because you feel like your body is working against you. Yes. When really it's working overtime. And it is brilliantly designed to try and protect you and to keep mm. you emotionally safe. And so what your body has done up until today is work really dang hard to keep you in a state of not having to feel those deep emotions that you've felt in the past that felt too much and trying to keep you from a place of ever feeling like overwhelmed by them. So it, our brains have this brilliant design where they actually will cope, help us cope in sometimes really negative ways in order to not have to feel the way we felt before. And it's just, it's crazy, but our bodies, once we kind of recognize and can 
open ourselves, even just open the door like one to 2%, just a little bit. I don't ask my clients to believe it a hundred percent. I ask them just to believe it just a small percentage. Can you just a part of you can even just a single part of you for just a moment, believe that maybe your body is actually working for you. And we start from that, that understanding, that knowing of, oh, it's okay for me to not trust it a hundred percent. It's okay for a part of me to question it, but it's also a part of me. Can I open the door to possibility for just one part of me to really believe that this could be true? Mm. And if so, then we can work together. (laughs) Then we can move forward. If just a part just a part, just a tiny bit of hope and belief in realizing that the body works for you. And this is so profound, actually, Jill, because, of course, our body, every single thing that is happening in our body is here to keep us alive, actually. So why, why is it that you think that we've become so disconnected from our body, especially nowadays? Well, I think because when we experience emotional traumas, these difficult Mm -hmm. moments that we end up shutting down when the brain gets to that point where we've been in fight or flight and we have that anxiety energy and we're trying to really move through something. And we get to a point where our brain and body get over capacity. They can't do it. It shuts down. It freezes because it just really can't cope. It doesn't know what to do to move through that moment. When we get to that point, I think that we disconnect from ourselves, our brain and body disconnect, but also mm. what happens another layer of this connection, in my opinion, is that like, for me, I turn against myself in mm. the past, in those moments, I've turned against myself. I stop trusting myself. I lose confidence in myself because I don't know how to show up for myself in those moments. And then I become full of bitterness, resentment, even just towards myself. And then that leads to shame and guilt and all of that stacked on top of each other feels like too much for our whole nervous system, nervous system, meaning body and brain together holistically. Mm. And I feel like when we get to that point, we have to repair the relationship that we actually have with ourselves in order to move forward in order to allow our body to receive healing, freedom, openness, softness, instead of living from that protective stance of Mm. trying to survive that survival mode that really kicks in. And in survival mode, we become enemies with ourselves. Wow. Okay. How does one know if, like, how do I know if I'm in survival mode? I think you see it through symptoms and cues of your body. Mm-hmm. So if you break it down, um, what I what I try to always do is help my clients to increase their awareness of what their bodies are indicating and speaking. Because if we can attune and get really aware of these signals of the body when it's going into those states of fight, flight, or freeze then we can really move forward 
with breaking through, with, you know, moving out of that place of stuck. So for me, I look at, you know, headaches, muscle tension and tightness in the body, shortness of breath, um, stomach aches, digestive issues, sleeping patterns, um, just that exhaustion or fatigue and that, that feeling of overwhelm or the feeling of, I don't know how to make it through this or everything just is exhausting and too much and or life is hard. So looking for just some of these indicators that are coming up constantly on repeat Hmm. and even chronic pain for me, Yeah, what really caused me to move forward in my healing journey in a different way from talk therapy was the fact that emotional pain got stuck in my neck and my shoulders and it became chronic and debilitating to a point where I went to a physical therapist, a chiropractor, an acupuncturist. I did cupping. I tried all of these like good, you know, physical body things to try and release it. And none of it worked. Thousands mm. of dollars trying to get this pain to release from my body. Mm. And at the end of the day, it was me finding brain and nervous system rewiring work and somatic healing work that really opened up my body because I was starting to relate to myself differently. I started to begin a new relationship with myself and that is what released my pain. So chronic, mm. chronic illness, those things can be huge indicators too. Yes. So symptoms. So when it's almost like you, as what you said before, like your body is trying to keep you alive and mm-hmm. it's sending these messages to you of like, Hey, look, there is something that needs the attention. Right. And so yeah. how was like, if, if, if you don't mind me asking, how was did it manifest for you in your healing journey? So you said you have chronic, like chronic pain in your shoulders and neck. Um, how else did your body give you the signs that, Hey, Alarm, alarm, please look at me and, and uh, take care of me. Um, I was exhausted. I had a lot mm. of chronic fatigue that I had to work through. I felt like I needed to sleep in the middle of the day all the time. Sometimes actually after I'd get my kids to school, I would feel like I needed to go back to sleep. I'd wake up mm. feeling not rested and like, I just want to go to back to sleep and just, I needed more rest. Um, Now I'm more aware of my breath and my Mm. breath is an indicator of where my body's really at. And I can feel my breath, even in my stomach, I can feel the tightness in my stomach and I can feel a shallow, shallower breath. Mm -hmm. Um, That is something that's big for me as an indicator. Mm. Wow. Okay. And so what were some of the most effective tools for you that then helped you to work through through the symptoms that your body was giving you um you know eft tapping mm. one of my absolute favorites and i know you did a podcast recently with somebody yes. on eft tapping already so i know you probably don't want to get into that too much but really eft tapping was huge because it was a way of cognitively processing having awareness of what what i was actually feeling meaning I gave myself permission to voice what I was feeling Mm -hmm. and experiencing. Mm -hmm. 
in that alone, while also tapping on these acupressure points, these meridian points that create, you know, an energetic flow in the body allowed this stuck energy to move through my body, allowed my body to soften through the experience of processing my emotions. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So that's one of my favorite, favorite ways. Okay. Okay. Um, Any other tool? Yeah. Um, So somatic reconnection with my, with parts. So Mm -hmm. parts work, inner child healing. Um, What I mean by that with somatic reconnection, um, you know, I will do a lot of gentle physical stress releases, which are somatic based. I will do breath work. I will do some of these things. And those things are helpful for regulating the nervous system, but nothing has impacted me more than parts work in inner child healing because it's changed the way that I connect with myself. It's changed my relationship with myself and with all of my hurting parts. So I would say that I'm somebody who I grew up with a lot of trauma. Um, People might have looked at me when I was younger and think, oh, she's fine. Like they didn't know how silently I was struggling inside or that I cried mm-hmm. in my closet as a kid mm-hmm. all alone, you know? Um, but I had a lot of trauma. I feel like my nervous system actually came into the world dysregulated because my mom's nervous mm-hmm. system was dysregulated. She mm-hmm. was going through crisis with my dad. They separated within the first year of my birth, you know, of being mm-hmm. born. And there was a lot going on in that babies attune to the nervous system of their mothers. Yeah. And so I have fought, I feel like now, now by looking back, I have fought nervous system dysregulation my entire life. And so somatic reconnection with coupled with parts work and inner child healing work is like a double whammy. It's like a power punch because Mm -hmm. what it means and what it looks like is I start Oftentimes I start, and you don't have to start this way, but I put my hand in my heart, I close my eyes, I connect with myself, and I lean into where my body sensationally is holding and storing stress and tension. And I follow that breadcrumb trail, and I, I lean into it, and I ask that part of me in my body, what emotions are you storing here? What's here? What's mm-hmm. present? And I get tearful thinking about it because it's like, I lived so many decades suppressing and ignoring my core needs and myself because I didn't know how to deal with it. And nobody else knew how to deal with it either. Yes. So now it's like this sweet homecoming of just coming back to myself where it's like, you know, I asked myself, like, what are you holding there? It's kind of like, And I I almost look at myself like, baby girl, like, hey, sweet girl. Hey, baby girl. Like, this is a younger version of me. If there's an emotional pattern that keeps overflowing in your life, a feeling you have on repeat all the time, a belief system, a thought in your brain that just constantly is like a thorn in your side plaguing you, Mm. it's mostly rooted in the past, a past version of you that has gone through something significant and your body still remembers it, holds it, and is trying fiercely to protect you mm. from that experience again. 
So I come to my body and I ask myself, like, what's here? And then I lean in further and say, okay, like, how old is this emotion that's here? How long has this part been here? And now I know I have more of a knowing, oh, my six-year-old version of myself is here. She Mm. wants to hide. She feels like she has to hide how she really feels. And like, every time I feel like I want to hide from the world and not be seen, I'm like, oh, oh, hey, hey, sweet six-year-old, you're here. And I lean in on a body level and I emotionally connect with that part of me and sense and ask her, like, what do you need? What does this emotional part of me need in this moment to feel supported, to feel safe, to feel cared for? That, my friend, has been the biggest game changer of my life. I'm getting also emotional just listening to <laughs> you speaking and also like the what emotion are you actually experiencing for you for yourself right now as you as you talk about that? You know, I think sometimes there's layers, waves of grief that come out mm-hmm. for how much I abandoned, betrayed, dismissed, ignored, repressed, suppressed myself and all of my true emotions for so yeah. many decades. 40 years of my life, I lived that way. And the last three years and a, three and a half years of my life have been a completely like transformative, revolutionary way of interacting with myself, where I give myself permission to be where I am, to feel what I feel, and to accept it and learn to be with it, to hold space for it to lovingly, compassionately embrace it instead of being pissed at myself for feeling that way. I spent 40 years pissed at myself. Yes. It's like, it's something that you said earlier before as well that before we actually started recording is allowing yourself or us in general just to experience the messiness of us being human. And that... That this is like you're showing this so beautifully and it's just that you know what I'm feeling right now when I tune into myself like there is as well like maybe like my my six-year-old version as well that is like showing up and wanting to come over to your six-year-old version and just like it's like hey you know let's play together everything will be fine yeah. right because it seems like there are both these <laughs> you know these these versions uh. of ourselves that just needed something and maybe just like you know uh, that kind of energy that can can be also just very healing and then at the same time honestly what i'm feeling right now is just also anger and Mm -hmm. mostly anger because we're we're not being taught these things right in our life you know like we're like we are not being taught as children how to self-regulate our emotions how to be there for ourselves and then even for so long of our lives I'm in my 30s now, it's like trying to do and please others and abandon your own needs and shying away from the uncomfort of actually doing the biggest thing that you can do for yourself, which is just loving yourself and accepting yourself. And yeah, but so, we don't know how to do that. And exactly. it's a skill. This exactly. is what I tell people is like, you don't have to feel shame and guilt for not doing it for the past 30 years or 40 years or however old you are. You don't have to feel shame and guilt because you weren't taught. 
it's a skill. If you don't yeah. know it, you don't know it. And yes. it's okay. And so yeah. that frees us. That frees us to move forward of like, okay, I'm not stupid. I'm not like, you know, dumb for not knowing this because the generations before us mm-hmm. didn't have the level of emotional intelligence that exists today in our culture. Yeah. Social media, the biggest blessing I think of it has been this opening about emotional and mental health. Yeah. And so while there's a lot of cons to social media, that is one of the biggest pros I think that has happened because people are talking about it. It is not as, you know, secretive or something that we have to keep in the shadows and hide. It's becoming more of a conversation. Yes. Yes, it's amazing. And I I love also what you said here, because it's true, like people, I I think we don't give social media enough credit as well. I mean, yes, there are, as to every single thing in our life, there are really bad things and there are really good things. It's about the balance. But one thing from social media is the fact that we get to connect and learn from each other, but then also that we get to see that, hey, you know, I, you know, I've had tummy gut issues my, my whole life and I've done, I've, I've went to all the doctors and no one was able to fix it. But then through like meeting people that do somatic work, I was able to actually move forward. Right. So, and that can only happen through social media, right. And, and to get to, to, to connect with people like that. So I fully agree with you there. Now I, I want to touch base a little bit more on this parts work and inner child work that you've been mentioning, Jill, and for, for someone that is not familiar with that. I mean, you explained it already very easily and very beautifully in a sense that, okay, there are different parts of you um, and there's like this inner child version of you that comes up in specific situations, right? When you say there's like different parts of me, are you referring to different parts of you as your younger version or are you referring to just in general different parts of you as part of you? Yeah. I, I'm referring to every version of you before today is a different part of you. Yes. Very good. We come to the table with lots of parts of us Mm -hmm. and the parts that really are making the moves in our life are the ones that are deeply intertwined with our childhood, usually Mm -hmm. in the operating system, that belief system that we created when we cognitively couldn't process things fully and Um, so a lot of times the emotional chain that's like really going from our childhood to today is fairly consistent. A lot of times these emotions that are evoked on a regular basis lead us to the past. We can, we can go as deep as looking at, you know, the childhood version of ourselves, the middle school version, the high school, the young adult. Um, I mean, I have different parts of myself. Yes. That do that. Sometimes I make it even simpler though. Sometimes I make it as simple as this part of me that feels angry. Mm. This part of me that feels sad. This part of me that feels guilty. This part of me that feels overwhelmed. This part of me that feels exhausted. So it's more of emotional parts too, that like I am connecting with the emotional parts first. Mm. And then I lean in to see okay, is there a connection to my childhood? Is there a connection to a belief system that I developed when I was younger? Mm-hmm. That's that's just really playing on autopilot here. Mm-hmm. 
And so sometimes it doesn't have to be digging as deep as the inner child, like on a childhood level type of thing. It can be as simple as recognizing I have no bad parts. Mm. Even the part of me that feels angry and mad, it's not bad and it's not wrong. Mm. And it holds a message for me that can help move me to where I need to go next, Mm. to my next best yes, to my next layer of healing and growth. And knowing that all of these parts are messengers Mm. and they, and they've become my, my allies. They're my friends Mm -hmm. instead of being my enemy. I used to hate parts of me, the parts of me that felt jealous or the parts of me that Mm. felt guilt and shame, the parts of me Mm. that felt angry. Nobody likes those parts. (laughs) Yes. Our human messy instinct is to be like, Oh, I don't like Mm. that. I don't want to feel that ever again. Mm. But the more we embrace it and hold space for it and accept it and respond to it, then we get set free from it. And it Mm. doesn't hold space in our body anymore. It doesn't have, our body doesn't have to tense up to get our attention. Yes. So why is it so hard for us to accept all of our parts, Jill? Hmm. Yeah. Right. I think because people around us didn't accept all yeah. of our parts when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. I it's think not something that we maybe saw. Yeah. Go ahead. The emotional intelligence of the generations before us. I mean, I love my parents dearly. <laughs> they did not emotionally engage with me in the yes. ways that I did. There were voids inside of me, core needs that didn't get met because they didn't know how to. They didn't have Mm. the skills. Mm. And so I don't blame them. I'm not angry at them. Um, I think I was for a while, but I'm not anymore. I have compassion and empathy for knowing that they didn't know what they didn't know. Mm -hmm. But now that I know, it's like I can look back and see, yeah, I turned against myself when parts of me showed up that they did not like and did not want present. Yes, yes, yes. It's super, it's it's just super interesting. Something I've been reflecting a lot as well, Jill, and it's so cool that we're having this conversation this time because sometimes this, there's still this part that comes up that is actually, you know, angry at not being able to still manage. manage. See, that's already like the wording that we use that we have to be careful of, like to manage all our parts instead of accepting them, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm really reflecting of like, you know, how come we as human beings have this really crazy, judgy, harsh, almost like abusive voice that that we let, you know, let it talk to ourselves of like, I'm not worthy, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm fat, whatever it is, right? Like, I'm not capable, like, this is just, you know, people think that it's unique to them that they experience these voices, whereas actually everyone experiences these voices and that it's just a part of us, right, that Mm -hmm. comes up here that is rooted to basically everything that you've been saying now, it's rooted to certain kind of experience that you might have had in the past that just needs an attention right now to be seen, to be validated and to be heard. Amen. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about, it's not about managing 
It's about being yes. with. Yes, 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 like, yes. You know, we we try to manage things to feel in control. Yeah. What if that's we allowed ourselves to not be in control for a moment yes. and let the freaking mess just be here? Yes. Can you see the mess? And can we just hold space for it and say, this is just one part of me. This is not the totality of who I am. This is not all of me. This is just one part of me that's here. And mm -hmm. this part feels messy instead of it feeling bad. And, it, you know, I like the word messy. I like yes. that because <laughs> I like it too, yeah. <laughs> a negative connotation to it. It's more like, yeah, it's messy. But I also have these really beautiful parts of me too. Mm. So when I don't let the voices of the messy parts be my predominant voices in my head and I counterbalance them with these other beautiful parts that are playful, that are lighthearted, mm. that, you know, love deeply and well, and yeah. these parts of me that are creative when I can help clients to bring out that part of them that has been hiding in the shadows because these other voices, these other parts of them are so freaking loud, that's mm. where the beauty comes into like us dancing in the mess. We can dance mm. in the mess and, and the mess can be here, but we can find beauty and still experience goodness at mm. the same time. They both can exist. Yes. It's like, if, you know, if you think about it, a forest is a complete mess. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it beautiful. Like there is nothing in the forest that makes sense in the sense of like, you know, when you go there, there's like here, you know, here, this tree, here, that tree, here's like whatever kind of piece of grass, whatever, like bushes, no, no, no. It kind of just everything is just so, so, so messy. But th this is actually what makes the forest a forest as well. Yeah. And so it's, it's so interesting how we through as you've mentioned, maybe the how the older generation, how society was treating actually uh, emotions or not really having emotional intelligence, how we became to believe that being messy equals to something's wrong with me versus actually being messy means that everything is okay with you because you're human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, okay. it does, and you know what? Beautiful things grow from the mess. So like... Yes. You know, you'll see these spontaneous flowers that grow from the mess that were never mm -hmm. like intentionally planted. And those are the things that bring us back to a place of awe, right? Where we're like, wow, how did that get there? You know, and just um, the beautiful things that come from the forest and the ground after the rain and after the storms that are, are muddy and messy. And it's like, this is where birth, like new birth can come from these yes. places my yes. favorite illustration actually is the lotus flower because it's birthed from in all of the deep transformative fertilizing work is deep down in the darkness and in the mm. mud and it is just like has this fortitude to just seek towards the light and it keeps coming and coming and coming until it gets the light and then it blooms in the light wow but it's beautiful to me, the illustration yes. of, that, of like how much is fertilized, how much transformation really can come from these dark places. Mm. 
and you see it's like nature does this all the time like the example that you've gi you've given like so and and if we are part of nature so if this then if this is the natural cycle of 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 nature even if you think about it like certain kind of vegetables or fruits they are coming from the mud from the dark <laughs> out out yeah. there and they provide nourishment right and so as we i always like to think it's like what can we learn from nature as we are part of nature and so nature works actually in that way and so we work in that way as well hence whatever we're experiencing like all these emotions uh, all these these different parts it's just it's just part of us being a human so this is super beautiful i i mm -hmm. love this i love i love this metaphors as well that you were using Jill. you know I, I i also have one more question which is like how how does one know how it feels like to actually be regulated and this is coming from this question is very personal as well because sometimes you just don't know how bad you felt until you start to feel good and when you start to feel good you think it's like oh you know like you know i'm so much better whereas actually in fact this is how you should feel in a normal way right and so i'm just really curious joe like from from your perspective and expertise like how how does one know that the nervous system is regulated that you're you know going towards like a the, the, the right healing journey that you're you're regulating your emotions and that you're integrating all parts of you I think peace is the pathway, like we, to knowing the level of peace, the level of um, this deep inner knowing of like, I'm okay in this moment is how we know that we're regulated. I actually have a little bit of a different stance in something you said, and, and it might've just been semantics. Like you might not yeah. have meant it fully this way, but I do believe that while we, we long for and we want to live in that, you know, green ventral vagal state energy of like calm and ease where our systems feel safe and connected. It's like that nervous system state. We all long for that. But the one thing that I actually tell my clients is that it is humanly impossible to live there all the time. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, Right. Yeah. So putting yeah, pressure yeah. on yourself to be there, to want to be there or that to be your norm is yeah, like, no, that's unrealistic. Yes. yeah. And I didn't think yeah, you fully yeah. probably meant that, but like, I want to just clarify that. Yeah. Of like, I don't want anybody to feel misled by that of like, I view it like our nervous system is like waves in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And all day long, we are activating and deactivating, activating, deactivating. We have triggers that happen that are completely out of our control that our body responds to and that our brains interpret. And so I feel like the way that we get really good at being more regulated more often and being the goal is to like come back home and come in and out of that space, but like when, but not get stuck. That's the key yes, to yes. get stuck in that fight or flight or that shutdown and collapse and feeling like, you know, we can move ourselves through. We can actually change and shift our energy in our body. We can guide ourselves with our body. We can guide our body and our brain to a space of ease. Yes. And, and we're just constantly ebbing and flowing, coming back home to that spot. And, um, and we know it inside 
when we feel at peace within ourselves and peace towards ourselves. Mm. And that doesn't yes. mean that everything's okay around us. Yes, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. It means yes. that we are okay within ourselves and towards ourselves and with ourselves. Mm. Yes. That's how I know when I feel regulated. Mm. And yes, alarmed. and thanks. Yes, and thanks too for for picking up on that because this is exactly like I definitely don't want anyone to to be misled by that because I fully agree with you there is no such thing as being you know at let's say like feeling good and feeling like at the best 24 7 the whole yeah. year long right and this is where this is where your answer to this question is actually super important because it's mainly around like increasing even like our resiliency and tolerance right so maybe it, there mm -hmm. were things that right like as you've mentioned like you you would want to go to bed after you drop your kids into school like to school right versus maybe now you might you i mean you look like very energetic like right the, the way that i see you and now you just might have more energy right so we are you know like when we are because i've realized this for myself as well that when i was chronically dysregulated with my nervous system everything was just like so difficult my body was just all the time tired there was pain like little things triggered me a lot right mm -hmm. and now it's just this almost this emotional neutrality right mm -hmm. and the ability to switch actually from the fight flight response and then um to the to the relaxed response essentially right which is which is the purpose of our nervous system to to not stay stuck in either actually in one way or the other and so it's super interesting this perspective because yes it's 100 percent important for the listeners to know to not put the pressure and expectation on themselves that they will be all the time okay or feeling okay but as you said it's more around accepting the messiness and knowing and trusting yourself how to guide yourself through that messiness towards towards the light right and and bloom out of there so yeah. beautiful amazing yeah. i see it too as energetic capacity right that yeah. tolerance mm -hmm. that resilience mm -hmm. of like Every day, all day long, we have a different amount of capacity of energy. Mm. And, you know, we just being in tune with that and yes. really like respecting and honoring what capacities we have throughout the day and not expecting that living your best life is like, that doesn't mean that you have the highest energy all day long. Yes, it's human, exactly. It's humanly impossible to be exactly. in that state all day long. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And it's just a very personal example. Like I had uh, just, honestly, it was just last week, actually. So we're currently traveling through Thailand uh, for two months. And last week we've been, it was our third week. And I had a day where I just felt so sad. You know, and, you know, the, the older part of me or the older version of me would be judging myself and be like, like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're living your dream. You're, you're in Thailand. You know, you, 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 your business is going well, like everything. You're healthy. Nah, nah, nah. And yet here you are, you know, in northern Thailand, like being sad and feeling sad. Like, what's wrong with you? That's what my older version would Mm -hmm. would react to that and that would create like more resentment and more guilt and then and 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 now and this is for me an indicator that my nervous system is regulating as well as so i just allowed myself to be sad <laughs> right there's just like and sometimes as well and i have this with my clients um very often it's like sometimes we don't need to fully understand as well why we're sad in the moment it's it's actually more around like be with that emotion 
like allow yourself to be sad and you know do whatever you need to do right now in order to to make you feel sad because this will then actually get you out of of staying stuck in that emotion rather than just suppressing it all the time and so to come to to kind of conclude this with what you were saying it's exactly about allowing yourself to feel all of these things and living a happy life at the end of the day is also being able to allow yourself to be sad and be with that emotion as well so really beautiful really beautiful jill we're already at time <laughs> i could go on for hours with you in this conversation yeah. there's, there's still so much that i would love to okay. unpack but i really feel like this was such a valuable conversation and i actually wrote down four main key takeaways that i would love the listeners um to take away of course everyone listening just trust whatever needs to land for you is exactly the right thing uh, that 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 you need right now, that you and your body need right now. There are four things that Jill said that really stuck with me, which is number one, the body works for you, not against you. Number two, repair the relationship you have with yourself first. That's the path to healing. Allow yourself to be a messy human and Mm. be with all of your parts instead of trying to manage them. Mm. Honestly, Jill, these four things, they they will stay with me as well. So uh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, is there is there any last piece of let's say um, Jillness that you would like to to share with the listeners? You know, I just invite you to be an imperfect, messy human in a hurting world, right? Like let's dance in the mess together because we are living as humans in a hurting world and we need each other and we need permission to be wherever we are, to feel however we feel, and to respond with love and compassion to ourselves and to others around us in that space. Like, let's just create a space where that is what is what what is what is real, right? Like, let's create a space where that is everything. Mm. And thank you, Jill, for you leading as well and creating the space to the work that you do. Uh, this is this is just exactly what we need nowadays to create the space to advocate for the messiness. And for everyone listening that is interested, like I highly recommend to check out uh, Jill on social media. I put her links in the notes below. Her Instagram is super valuable. I've been spending some time to go through it. Her content is really cool and very educational as well. So go make sure to check it out. And to just anchor in a final practice, closing closing practice that we have here in the podcast is just to anchor in all this beautiful information. If everyone can just please close your eyes for one moment. Of course, if you're driving, please do not do that. (laughs) Other than that, allow yourself to just slow down for one moment. And put your right and left hand on your chest. Tune in and observe how that feels like for you. Take in a breath. In through your nose and out through your mouth. And remember, you are breaking through. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Jill, for being here. Thank you for having me.